Welcome back to Off the Chart. It's the finale. We've made it. This is episode 10 of season two, Generation Q. This season, we have been watching the L Word Generation Q with you, bringing you our unfiltered take on the new series reboot every Tuesday because we still can't get enough of those LA lesbians. I'm Erica Lenti, senior editor at Extra, and I want to do shots with Gigi's family. <laughs> and I'm sheltering in, managing producer at Extra, and uh, Tibet's got me feeling some kind of way. Ooh, good way, bad way, all of the above. <laughs> For a second, please. I just can't believe that this is going to be the thing that takes us down after everything that we've been through. This is exactly what you wanted. Hope you're happy. I am sorry. Okay, Shell, uh, a lot of storylines wrapping up, a lot not wrapping up as per <laughs> the L word way. Um, but what themes stuck out to you this episode? Uh, well, I think uh, Angie said it best uh, that life is too short. And so we got to make big moves. And a lot of big moves were made in this uh, season finale. Uh, we see Sophie finally move out uh, so that she can stop enabling Finley. Uh, but Finley finally decides to go to rehab. Uh, Gigi wants Danny to meet her entire family. Um, it, Danny chooses not to testify uh, for her father and gets arrested for contempt of court. Uh, and of course, uh, Bet swings really big with Tina <laughs> to our dismay. <laughs> so, oh God, <laughs> a lot of big moves in episode ten. Yeah, let's just jump right into it. Let's recap. <laughs> let's do it. Okay, let's start off with the biggest storyline of the episode. Bet, Pippa, Carrie, and Tina. Everybody's talking about Tibet in this episode. And it starts with Pippa, who questions if Bet has feelings for Tina still. She denies it. Uh, but then while shopping for a wedding gift for Carrie and Tina, Shane and Alice ask the same question of Bet. That's when Shane spills the beans, which she probably shouldn't have that Carrie is having cold feet about the wedding with Tina. That prompts Bet to then go to Alice's going away party where she starts talking with Tina and Carrie overhears it and has a huge reaction and just decides to end things with Tina. And as they're ending things, Pippa's also there because of course she is. So she's not sure what's going on with Pippa. She's not sure what's going on with Tina, but we end the episode on a classic L word, cliffhanger uh tina shows up at bet's doorstep of course she does what do we think of all of this shell because i have a lot of feelings about how the writers have handled this entire situation in one episode but i want to hear how you feel first um well okay let's start with one good point i will give it to the writers that the cliffhanger matches the a hypothetical scenario that everyone is mentioning like if tina was to show up at your doorstep right now well i wouldn't know because i'm here with you and she says i'm in love with you and i want to try again what do you say oh my god what would you say it's a flawed premise seriously oh like alice's going away party like that ho that whole mess in the club like yes. what the heck happened like bet just managed to ruin four lives in like five minutes <laughs> <laughs> it's like insane she finds the opportunity she brings it up uh, you know like carrie overhears them 
Carrie breaks up with Tina in a snap. Tina gets mad and then Bet sees Pippa. It's just like, what just happened? I had to watch that scene like three times to be like, what is going on? <laughs> like they jammed a lot of shit right into that scene that was super important. Uh, and like all of that dialogue was terrible. Like <laughs> yes. I just feel like they rushed through that um, really, really fast. So I would say like, that 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 Alice's going away party was was rough. What did you think? Yeah, Erica? I would. No, no, no. I completely agree. Like, there's two things that really sucked for me. One was like, Bet never actually said what she was thinking. She was like, you know, Shane and Alice asked me if you would show up on my like doorstep. What, like, what would I do? And then she never actually says what she would do. Like, it's very possible that she'd be like. But I realized that, like, that's not what I want in life or something. And Carrie jumps to conclusions. No one lets anyone talk. Carrie breaks up with Tina in the middle of a going away party at a bar. Yeah, I mean, my my biggest qualm about all of this is surprisingly the treatment of Rosie O'Donnell's character, Carrie, which if you had asked me before season two started if I was about to be here like justice for Carrie I would have been like no no way um but justice for Carrie like her character turned out to be so wonderful we really loved her uh I thought she was a great match to Tina um you know she was such an opposite to Bet, which really felt nice to see um you know Angie loved her and I think most of all which I've seen a lot of flack online already is she was probably the only butch character on this show like a, a super butch like real dyke character i just think that that's so important and now we're losing that representation but i do want to note um that most of our viewers saw this coming which is also probably <laughs> means that the the writers didn't do enough of a good job to to at least give us some sort of shock or surprise in the episode uh about 60 percent of you said that you didn't think carrie and tina were going to make it to the altar not a big surprise i don't think what do you think shell no, we're not surprised. Um, it's interesting because there were some really, um, some really great comments in uh, last episode in uh, uh, on the YouTube channel where people were saying in the comments that like it would be um, totally regressive of Bet and Tina to just like fall back into each other, um, which was a, a comment I guess I wasn't expecting to see from like diehard fans. Like we 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 joke from episode to episode that like everybody loves to bet but maybe maybe they don't like, <laughs> like you know what i mean like um people are like no like people move on people grow um uh, away from each other like they grow out of love like to actually smash them back together is is like was it's like a bad call and it's not good character development for either of them i feel like the writers did the cliffhanger as fan service but maybe the fans don't actually want this that's possible. I mean, I don't know. How do we think this cliffhanger is going to unfold? I mean, I think that people think that it means that Tibet is going to be together. I don't totally buy that the writers will just do that. Like, I think, I think in the original series, the thing with Tibet was like this, will they, won't they, push, pull, they're together, then they're not, then they're screwing it up, then they're not, then they're together, then they love each other. Like, I think the the writers keep wanting to play at that, but I think after six seasons, 
of the original show and now two seasons of the reboot. Like, I kind of don't need that anymore. I've kind of grown past it. Um, I thought it was interesting that Bet never really said what she was trying to say to Tina when Carrie interrupts. And then she's, it's not really clear if she's going to the CAC show for Pippa because um, it looks like she's on her way out. Um, but then Tina's at her doorstep. So it's not clear that they're going to, you know, necessarily get together in season three, which I should note, it is not renewed for season three yet. And I believe the ratings haven't been that great. So it's also possible that this is the end of <laughs> the hour generation Q, which would just be like a hot mess in itself. Like, can you imagine this being the end of the show? <laughs> oh, it'll just be Bet screaming Tina into the void. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to Sophie and Finley. Uh, off of last episode, it seems like it's probably time for Finley to get some serious help, and our main cast agrees. Um, they all decide to host a- an intervention for Finley. Um, she's pretty clueless as to what's going on, uh, but when she finally catches on, she's like, no way, I don't need this. Um, she continues drinking. Sophie is not having it anymore. She decides to move out um, for her sake. Um, so then Finley goes on a bender, comes out of a club in the middle of the day, and then she realizes, actually, I probably do need to go to rehab. So she goes to rehab courtesy of Alice's dollar, I should say, um, some very fancy LA rehab. Um, so it looks like Finley's finally getting some help. We still don't know what exactly is at the root of her drinking. Um, But I'm curious what you thought about the whole intervention, the way that the episode sort of touched on drinking. Shell, what did you, what did you think of that? Um, Well, I will say that like the, the intervention coming in hot right off the top of the episode um, was maybe the strongest scene in the episode. We're worried about you. We found a place that we think can help. I'm not going. I did think it was interesting that, you know, we have Tess, who is also a recovering alcoholic, um, who is sober, um, who is kind of helping to 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 guide some of the conversation there um, and to to reinforce to Sophie, as we saw um, in episode nine, that like, you know, we we all love her. But if we let her continue acting this way, then we're just enabling her. So um, it was really interesting to see um, some of that perspective. Um, What did you think? of the intervention yeah Tess is you know a gem on this show um consistently one of the best characters so I agree with you there I think that this season in particular has had an interesting way of handling drinking but we had that weird thing with Carrie in like episode eight I think it was where she gets really drunk Shane mentions that um she saw um carrie at like a meeting an aa meeting meeting and she's like no no no, it was for overeating but we never really get clarity on whether carrie has a drinking problem which i just want to shout out to av club who pointed this out as well um and the other thing that the av club had pointed out in their review of this episode was that the shot of um finley being taken to rehab by sophie is like juxtaposed with Danny and Gigi doing shots with her family, which we'll talk about later. But like how I don't think they purposefully did that. It didn't seem like they were trying to send some kind of message 
through that. It just felt kind of careless. So I think that the show is really grappling and trying to do the right thing here, but they don't always. And they sometimes have these, you know, lapses in writing or lapses in the way scenes are backed onto one another. Um, So I didn't love that. I want to talk about Sophie and Finley's relationship next, though. Um, This relationship has been interesting throughout the season. We haven't really loved it. What do you think now that we're at the finale? We finally have a scene where it seems like Finley's trying to take care of herself. What do you make of the two of of them together? Oh, gosh. Uh, I I really... I have a lot of mixed feelings about these two. Like I really bought their chemistry in season one. And it's interesting to me that in season two, when they're finally together, I don't buy their chemistry. Um, Like, you know, Finley, you know, storms in on Sophie's wedding and ruins it. Uh, Sophie like declares her love at a karaoke night, um, like on stage, which is kind of like horrifying. And then like, uh, and then like you've you've left this really long term relationship um, to to be in a relationship with uh, essentially someone who was your former like coworker who was maybe just around and like you had a particular kind of relationship and you were still trying to get to know each other. And then all of a sudden you're having to deal with this person going through a very serious um, uh, uh, moment, right? Like they, uh, Finley needs help. When Sophie was like uh, in the intervention was like, it all seems to be happening really fast. I was like, word. Yeah, it is. <laughs> what did you think, Erica? <laughs> Yeah, completely agree. I think that we've said it so many times in the course of the season, like these two really needed to be alone. And I don't think that putting them in a relationship together helped them grow in any particular way. Um, I mean, I said last episode, I was grateful that Sophie didn't feel like a cure-all for Finley, but that that kind of feeling kind of resonated with me when she was dropping her off at rehab. Like Finley came out of the club and was like, I love Sophie and I need to go to rehab. Like that was sort of the vibe I got. And I'm like, oh, like do it for yourself, dude. Like you are worth, you know, getting better for on your own. You don't need somebody um, to, to do that. Um, I genuinely think these two have been through so much trauma over the past, like God knows how long that they really need time apart. And I mean, maybe Finley being in rehab will give her time apart and they'll be better. Um, but I just, I, I really wish that they had been on their own. And I know this is the L word and I know that we're all watching for the relationship drama, but this wasn't fun to watch. I mean, I'd love to see a season three where the two of them are single. Like, I, I would love to see a season three where Finley yeah. is like in rehab and we figure out why the hell she's drinking in the first place. Like, I think the writers have done Finley dirty. You know what I mean? Like, I said this mm-hmm. a couple of episodes back. Finley was such an interesting character in season one. Like, uh, you know, and we were, we really felt empathetic for her. And in season two, like, she was just a hot mess that we were embarrassed, to, like, for. So, like justice for finley and and like it makes sophie just like um you know just her counterpart like sophie has this career she's like she's her own person and and she ends up just as she said like being finley's 
babysitter. Like these two are 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 characters that deserve like their own storylines away from each other. So if there is a season three, um, that's what I would love to see. Majority of you guys uh, thought that these two would not make it to the finale. Um, you're wrong. I I just hope that if there is a season three, um, these two come out more developed if they have to be together. All right, on to Danny and Gigi. Uh, Danny has to testify for her dad in court, but once she goes into the courtroom, she's absorbing all the awful details about what her dad's pharmaceutical company has done and is responsible for. She has a panic attack. Gigi takes her out. She decides to leave instead of testifying, which is a big no-no. Um, anyway, Gigi's like, come meet my family. It's all good. Um, she goes to a restaurant around for dinner everything seems to be going well and then the cops show up and arrest her for contempt of court because that's what happens when you don't testify um i feel like we're about to see danny's like jailhouse helena from the original series era like that's what i'm <laughs> vibing here what did you make of all of this uh in this episode shell well, we all know that Danny looks good in a suit. She'll probably go look good in, a, in an orange jumpsuit too. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, I can um, I can understand why uh, why Danny like wants out. Just testify. You you tell them the truth. You tell them I'm innocent. Are you? I think she's been beholden to um, her father her entire life. Like her her mother passed when she was very young. Like her father's all she has, right? She had to do that uh, family duty um, until she realizes like, my dad is actually awful and I can't do this. So it makes sense to me that she would walk away. Um, like, let's just say props to Gigi for being like the best girlfriend ever <laughs> or yelling at, um, you know, Papa Danny's lawyers to be like, can you just be human for a moment? Like, look at her. She's a mess. They just let her leave and then arrested her right away. But of course, you know, we want to see the drama. So, uh, you know, what's more dramatic than um, getting arrested when you're meeting your girlfriend's family for this first time? Um, <laughs> I, I'm proud of Danny for standing up for um, her own core values and saying no. But like, I kind of think it's unfair that she like goes to jail for his sins. Uh, what did mm -hmm. you think? Yeah, I mean, I will say it's pretty amazing to me how much our opinion and I think larger public opinion of Danny has shifted. I, I've really loved watching Danny sort of lose everything and build herself back up. I've said that's what I wanted from her this season and she did it. Um, I also think what I love about Danny and Gigi is that Danny is building her character and coming into her own despite dating somebody. Gigi has not become the center of Danny's universe. Um, she still very much stands on her own as a character. And I think in the same way, that Bet, Shane, and Alice can stand on their own without a romantic partner. Danny is one of the only characters of the reboot that that now has that. We know who she is. We understand what her motivations are, and those motivations aren't tied to a romantic relationship. And I love that. Um, Gigi has been a shining star this season. I am like so grateful for her character. She has brought levity and humor and also some like incredible 
sex scenes that we cannot ignore. Um, I love her <laughs> character so much. I, I think that her and Danny are actually quite a good match. On Twitter, 95% of you hoped that Danny and Gigi would be endgame. But on Instagram, it was 50-50. So there's some divisiveness there. Um, what do you hope to see from Danny and Gigi uh, in a potential season three, Shell? Right. I think it's interesting that like you, you, you're still not sure if you buy it. Um, I think mid season, I was with you. And, um, like, uh, as we've been going from episode to episode and really seeing their relationship grow, uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm a fan of the ship. It has all the parts, you know, they have, uh, physical chemistry, but they also have good communication. Um, you know, they have, um, this unspoken understanding, um, having a, a shared cultural references, like it's, they seem really well suited in a lot of ways. Um, you know, Gigi is incredibly supportive during um, Danny's um, uh, moment at the trial. Like it's just like, you know, really stands up for her, yells at the lawyer, like, uh, that's what you want from a partner, like someone who's gonna, despite whether or not that was a good idea for Danny to leave, like Gigi's like, oh, well, I'm here, I'm here to support Danny, whatever she wants. So like, I'm kind of loving the ship. I'm, I'm with, I'm with Twitter on this one. Who are you with? I, I would agree. I, I do think they're probably one of the best relationships we've seen. You know, if we could see more of Micah and Maribel, I might feel the same about them as well. The show just neglects two of its most interesting characters for some reason. I don't know why. Writers, what are you doing? Yeah, if I had to choose of sort of the core reboot characters, Danny and Gigi would probably be my number one ship. I just, anything with Gigi is kind of great. I've realized she is by far the MVP of season two. Thank God we had her. All right, on to Alice and Tom. Alice is throwing her own going away party, of course, uh, as she heads on a 12-week book tour. Um, she gets a little bit bummed out when she sees that she has a bad review in the New York Times. Uh, but then she feels a little better because she's on a bestseller list. Jenny Schechter is 100% rolling in her grave at this news. Um, <laughs> but then as Tom and Alice head out on the tour, um, they're on a, their flight and Alice ends up finding a ring in in Tom's pocket. Um, I am kind of shocked. Like, I don't, I, I was reading a timeline on Autostraddle of this season. It's only been like two months. I, like, what have they been together? Three weeks? Um, what do you think is going on here, Shell? I'm bewildered. <laughs> I mean, for the cis straight like guy, he he's this is a lesbian move to like to bring it really is <laughs> the engagement ring. I was like, what? Like what? <laughs> like you said, like they've only been dating for like a few weeks. They've been on like how many dates? It's like, oh my god, like what is it with everyone on this show just like moving at lightning <laughs> speed? Uh, like I love Tom. Like don't get me wrong, but. Um, like the, the engagement ring, like threw me off a little bit. What did you think when you saw that? Um, my guess is that it's like a red herring. Um, I think Tom was, um, I guess he was breaking, he broke up with someone like not too long ago. Maybe he was planning on proposing and it just happened to be in his pocket. I don't, I don't know. It would be like super gay of him 
to propose after a few weeks of dating. Like, I know they got (laughs) deep in the Dana chapter, but I think they have a lot more to learn about each other. Um, But I will say um, I completely echo um, Shane's comment about Tom, which was she's never liked a man more than him before. Um, (laughs) True. Like, I've never liked a man on this show more than Tom. I love them as a couple. I think they're really cute. Um, I hope they don't ruin them. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Alice planning a wedding could be really fun. Oh, that would be a fun wedding. Yeah, like that could be a really fun thing to watch. What would be uh, what would they have for dinner? Lobster? (laughs) Oh, my God. No, he's allergic. (laughs) I know. Okay, Shell, I'm sorry, but we have to move on to Shane and Tess. Um, These two are loved up. Everything is going well. But as we know, in the words of Robert Frost, nothing gold can stay for any lesbian on the L word. Um, Tess has decided that she needs to move to Las Vegas um, to be with her mom, understandably. And she asks Shane to move with her. Shane is like, I have my roots in L.A., I can't leave. I've got Dana's, you know, lots going on. And we kind of leave it there. But Shane and Tess do admit that they love each other, which is lovely. I just don't know why no one can be happy on this show. Shell, how are you feeling? I feel like you must be taking this pretty hard. (sighs) Well, I mean, it wasn't the poker game, Erica. (laughs) 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 That that like... (laughs) cause their end um i don't know it's just like like right at the beginning of the episode when they're like post coital in bed they're like or actually maybe mid coital in bed um they're they're like you know why don't we try like a long distance thing you know la's not far you know flights are fast and like these people are supposed to be ballers like if they can uh you know get to uh, la and las vegas quite often like why didn't they why was that option taken off the table so quickly? Like they talked about it for a hot minute and then and then it just like disappeared. Yeah, well that might be over before it even begins. What happened? Yeah, what'd she do? Actually, I did nothing. She's just moving back to Vegas. Um, to that point, doesn't Shane in the very first episode of the reboot hop off a private plane? Like does she not have a plane that she can just like fly back and forth with her salon? empire money perhaps she had to give the plane up uh in her um oh in her in the the divorce right you're right so the divorce took uh half of her uh her fortune away so no access to the private uh jet anymore like tess is able to get to um to las vegas and back quite frequently as we've seen from episode to episode it seems like she's going to see her mom every week um why they can't do that together is beyond me. Like I, it feels, it it felt um, really like lazy to me on the writer's part to just be like, well, okay, the end. I mean, we do know that Jamie Clayton uh, will be playing Pinhead for the new Hellraiser. <laughs> so yep. maybe she won't be able to come back if there is, even is a season three. Um, but I'm just, this was my favorite ship. So I'm, I'm sad to see it break up. Look, I think that Shane McCutcheon can fly economy and go see uh, she can go see Tess in Las Vegas. This is a stupid plot point. I, I completely agree with you, Shell. If there is a season three, make it long distance. You know how many lesbians have long distance relationships? <laughs> like it'll work. I promise it'll work. <laughs> 
Okay, last but of course not least is Angie. Um, so she has decided she is not going to go to Marcus's funeral. She doesn't think it'll be right. Um, she never met him. Um, but Kayla asks her to hang out. Uh, it turns out that Kayla took her list of questions um, and got all of her family members to answer it for Angie. So Angie, Jordy, and um, Kayla all sit at the park and go through the questions. And it's just such a sweet moment. Uh, and then we end the episode um, with Bet revealing that Marcus had left a portrait called her for Angie, which is such a beautiful tribute and memorial um, to Marcus. I, I don't have much to say about this beyond the fact that it was wonderful and beautiful. And Jordan Hall continues to be an incredible actress. Um, she's just so, so wonderful. And I can't wait to see her in more roles outside of this show. Shell, did you have any additional thoughts? Um, yeah, like I know that you said Gigi was the MVP of season two, but I'm going to have to say that it's uh, Jordan Hall. It's Angie Porter-Kennard. Uh, she really is the best actress on this show. Um, she had to deal with a lot for her little queer teenage heart. Um, and she handled it with uh, maturity and grace. Um, and uh, like she was just so raw and honest in all of her performances. Um, and particularly in, in this episode, like her scenes with with Kayla and Jordy were were so beautiful. Your mom brought by the questions to the hospital. And um, I went around and had my family answer them. Oh, my God. Oh, you did not have to do that. Um, <laughs> dude, thank you so much. Can people have the best stories? Really? And then again, later when she's um, speaking with Bet, it's just like she is wise beyond her years when she, you know, tells her mom that like she is uh, brave and strong because she's just like her and that like, you know, she's telling Bet, uh, you know, like what she should be doing to like seize the day because life is short. It's just like, oh, Angie, you, you are the best, the absolute best. Yeah, Angie stands rise up. Like, let's get a spinoff of just Angie because I like a euphoria type with less maybe trauma <laughs> um, with just Angie and Jordy kicking ass. I would 100% watch that over a, a season three, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. All right. It is our favorite moment of the podcast for the last time this season. It's the superlatives round where we crown our best and sometimes worst moments of the episode. Shell, what's your pick this week? Uh, well, I don't have a worst. I never did. Uh, and especially for this episode, uh, my uh, best use of fine art uh, definitely has to be Marcus Allenwood's piece, uh, Her, uh, which is gifted to Angie. It's just like, it's so, it's just such a beautiful piece, by the way. Uh, like, what a what a gorgeous painting. Um, I would love to have that hanging in, in my place. Um, and just like, what a, what a lovely way for um, Angie to remember Marcus. Like, I just thought that was beautiful. What was your pick? 100% agree with you. Um, in, in order to not also pick an Angie best moment. Uh, I've decided to go with the best quote of the episode, which was Tom um, pointing to the magazine spread in which uh, Alice has told the world about their relationship. And he's like, I'm going to have to tell my mom what cis means. I just loved it so much. He's like, he's actually like such a dope 
straight male character and for this show that is such a rarity so hats off to the writers for having some fun with him and our top comment of the week comes from Ben AG on YouTube who said Bet could move on if the writers would let her if Tina and Bet get back together this show will be will lose more than it gains Bet is the most fascinating character on this show but when you pair her with Tina you only get Bet at like 40% I really hope we get a scene with Bet and Tina letting each other go oh my god I totally agree with you um Bet and Tina are, are, you know, they're Bet and Tina. But when you get Bet on her own and she's crying at art and she's screaming into the <laughs> void, she is just the best. Um, I loved seeing her with Pippa finding passion this season. So I hope you're right. I hope we do see if there is a season three, the two of them letting each other go and just continuing to co-parent their awesome daughter together. So thank you for commenting. And I completely agree with you. Now, those were our picks from episode 10, but we want to hear your thoughts on this episode and on the entire season too. We read every single message that you guys write for us. Um, it, you've, you've brought some really interesting uh, thoughts to the forefront. So please continue commenting and uh, be sure to sound off uh, below. Okay, that's it for this episode and for season two. Oh my God, I can't believe it's already over. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Um, it's been an absolute blast. I'm Erica Lenti. And I'm Shell Turingen. Off the Chart, Generation Q is produced by Shell Turingen. Our technical producer is Lido House. Our executive producer is Rachel Giza. And our music is by Kid Coolit. Now, if you like what you are hearing and seeing and you want us to come back for season three, do all the things. Subscribe on YouTube. Give us a like. Comment down below. Um, you can find us and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Extra Magazine. Oh, it's been such a blast recapping with you, Erica. And with all of you, our loyal audience, uh, this has been a real passion project and it warms my heart knowing that you come back every week to watch us talk about our favorite LA lesbians. So thank you so much for watching. Yeah, we will see you if season three arises. Um, thank you so much for all of your views and comments. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Erica Lenti and Shell is at, at Shell Turingen. Um, let us know what you think and keep in touch. We will we'll be here <laughs> until next time. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Bye, Bye Belle. Belle. Almost done the podcast. Oh. Belle, Belle what that? was your favorite part of season two?